1: your 2020 going so far? Mine is going awesome. Oh my god, I love this year so much. And you know why I love this year? Because I decided to love it. I mean, that's really it. I decided this year is going to be the best year of my life. And you know what, so far it has been on every level, losing weight, improving my marriage, being a better parent. Yeah, I know you're all like barf. I, you know, stop telling us about your great life. No, I'm not because you can have this too. You get to decide this shit. That's what this whole podcast is all about. This is what my work is all about. You get to decide the kind of experience that you're going to have, You get to say, this is going to be the best year of my life, or this is going to be the best week of my life, or the best day of my life. You get to decide that shit. So my question to you is, why aren't you? Why are you living in the my life sucks place? Turn that shit around. Well, if you can't tell, (laughs) I'm in a preachy mood today. And it's a good thing, because what we're talking about today, haven't we had enough, is... You're about to get a sermon, my friends. You're about to get a sermon. Here's the deal so this has come up after years and years of working with y'all and it just kind of like i kind of vomited this i mean not literally but verbally vomited this on a client a few weeks ago (laughs) and i was like damn that's a podcast um so here it is here's the podcast that i verbally vomited on my client because i had enough and the question i asked to him was haven't you had enough haven't we had enough and so what am i talking about before you think I've gone and gone crazy, well, you already know that I'm crazy, so I'm owning that shit. Here's the thing. Let me give you a couple examples. So last year I was in Texas. Many of you know that, working up that dram shop case that I talk about a lot. And what you don't know, or may not know, or may know because I may have forgotten, I've told you. Regardless, um, is that I was there for five days because that's how you can work with me one on one. You can come out. I can come to you um, for five days uh, or three days. Those are the two options. The five-day gets you opening or voir dire prep and opening prep, and the three-day you get to pick one or the other, wadir or opening prep. So they had me come out for the five days, and day one of my five-day uh, approach is all about figuring out our ideal juror, hearing about the case, and creating the voir dire that we're going to use the next day with our first test jury. And in the morning of the second day, we go into all the nonverbal skills, and then we try them out with a a mock jury. And then we do the same thing day three and four with opening, and then day five, we put it all together. So at the end of day one, we had not had a good day. And if you're listening to this, and you were there, and you know who you are, you're going to agree, and you're going to laugh. Because I I just knew that it was not a good day, that they weren't buying it. Everyone was tired. It was day one. We just met each other. And I go back to my hotel room and I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, they're not getting it. They don't like it. You know, I suck. Because, yeah, my saboteur comes out too. And, you know, they spent all this money. And, you know, my husband, who's a coach, um, he's great. He's like, fucking shit, stop with the money. That That's what's messing everybody up. They've spent a lot of money. You feel they spent a lot of money. Just remove that and go back in there and they'll get it. You know they will. This is great stuff. And so... That's exactly what happened. I went in in the morning of day two and we continued. And by day five, they were all on board. In fact, one guy said, I need to do a video for you because (laughs) I need to say at first, you're going to think she's full of shit. But man, does she know what she's talking about? You still owe me that video, mister. You know who you are. Um, And other people who were there have become clients. And regardless, I won them over, which is not my point. My point is, is that at the end of day one, they were like, this is never going to work. This is never going to work. Our jurors won't buy this. They won't get it. And of course, as you've heard me say on episodes before, um, we had three juries over that week and every single one of them asked, can we give more in a $100 million case? So obviously it, it did work. But this is, this. is the reason I tell you that story is that I hear this quite a bit in in, in whatever situation that I'm in uh, because, as you might have imagined by now, I do things very differently. Right? I have you talk about the issues in your case in Voidir, like in a really upfront way, and and I have you really talking to jurors about the principles and the issues, and and getting them talking about not things that are not hobbies or passions or all the things you guys have been trained to do, and. And I talk about trusting the jury, and I talk about not viewing them as the enemy. And I think this is really a refreshing point of view for many of you. I think I think you honestly do get it. And then when you and that's why you hire me, right? And that's why I come out, and that's why you come to me. And, but then something really something happens, and it happens every time. And now I'm so used to it that I it doesn't bug me anymore. But it, you come out, and after day one, morning of day two, it's like, well, I don't know. I was thinking about it overnight, over and I think, you know, I don't know that we can get this. I don't know that, you know, we can do this. I think we're going to get objected to, and the defense is going to say this, and the defense is going to say that. You know, I just had a client um, the, the other day email me and say, what do you think about this hook? Because, you know, he's working on a case, um, you know, the hook being the first part I teach in the opening statement. And I said, I don't like it. What about, you know, hospitals must not delay treatment? Uh, life-saving treatment, and he said, "You know, I thought about that. I thought about delay, but the defense is going to say that they didn't delay treatment. <laughs> you know who you are too." And my answer to him was, "What the fuck's the difference? What the defense says, did they delay? Yes or no? If they did, then say it. And that is the whole point of what I'm talking about today." I have had enough. I'll tell you, uh, my question to you is, have you had enough? I know I've had enough. Here's what I've had enough of. I've had enough of y'all coming in my studio, coming into my life, coming hiring me to, to help you. And then you complaining about, I'll never get away with that. I'll never be able to do that. The defense won't let me do that. The defense will object to that. The judge won't let me do that. And I've had enough. It's time to take back. Control. Listen. All of the the things that you're scared about, tell me, communicate to me very clearly that the defense has already won, even before we have stepped foot into a goddamn courtroom. Why? Because they've got you scared so fucking shitless that you're not going to try things, you're not going to risk things, you're not going to show up in a big way. I know of what I speak, my friends. Because y'all are coming into my office telling me how you can't do A, B, C, D when I see it done all the time. And I have clients who've been able to overcome their fear and are doing this shit. Now, I'm not saying that when you create the issue-oriented wadir, you do some of the things I ask you to do in opening, that you're not going to get objected to, that you're not going to get shut down by a judge. That's possible. It's possible in any type of opening or any type of wadir. And mine's are a little, okay, a little riskier than most. Maybe we think about it. I'm not even sure that's true, but that's what I keep hearing. (laughs) But Here's the point. It's not about whether you get objected to or not. That's not the fucking point. The fucking point is that they've won, my friends. They've got you freaked out. Who is running the show? They are. All they need to do is exist. All they need to do is whisper and you guys freak the hell out and talk to me upside down and sideways about how you should do this, have it, be it, do it more safely. And you, and you play small. And I've had enough. Haven't you, haven't you had enough? I mean, let's take back control here. Somebody has to. We've got to stand up to this shit. And here's why. Here's why. I I don't think you actually get this or remember it. So let me remind you. You are standing on the side of truth. You're on the right side. We can, it's easy to think we're the underdog. We, we've got it, we've got it bad. We start behind the the starting line. We're seen as the pariah. We're seen as the ambulance chaser. We start 10 paces behind. You know what? All of that is true. I get it. I totally understand it. And you know what else? You know what else is true? You also have righteousness and truth on your side. They don't have that. They will never have that. You make people better. You stand for truth. You stand for wholeness. You stand for responsibility and accountability and loyalty and all the things, the kind of world that we want to live in, like I talked about a while back. You stand for that, but you're not standing. You're shivering. You're cowering. You're explaining to sorry when you work with her why you can't do the things that she's suggesting that you do. And what I'm asking you again is haven't you had enough? I mean, I'm tired of it. Maybe I just need to get you pissed a little bit. Get pissed at me if you want. Say, sorry, this is a goddamn irresponsible podcast. You know what you're going to create? You're going to create these monsters going out there and just doing whatever the hell they want in trial and losing it for all of us. Well, fucking good. Because I think here's the problem. You are so focused on winning and being so careful that you don't do anything to fuck that up, that you have lost sight of the real fight here, which is the defense has you scared. And if you remain in that fearful place, then all is fucking lost. This is a revolution, my friends. We are in this for something bigger, are we not? It's time to stand up. It's time to say enough, because that's what? They've got you by the balls, okay? <laughs> they know that, they, that they've that they got the upper hand and they're going to fucking use it, right? They're going to scare the shit out of you. But what they don't have is being on the side of the right. What they don't have is the pluckiness that all underdogs have. That they, What they don't have is that ability to be like, fuck this shit. I'm going for it. They can't do that. They work for the big corporations. They work for All Snake and all the rest of it. That's who they work for. They don't have the freedom to do the things that you guys can do. They've got to play it safe. They've got to tamp it down. They've got to try to shove you down. That's their only way they win is to mess up your game. And you're playing that with them. You're letting them do it. You're not risking. You're not trying. You're not showing up in a big way because you're so goddamn worried about losing and I'm telling you right now you are losing I'm not talking about trial we're losing the battle because we are we have a bunch of plaintiff attorneys that are afraid you can't be afraid I mean what would it be like if you totally took your power back and every time you walked into court the defense was like well what shit is he gonna try today (laughs) I wonder and you started knocking them off of their game because all the crazy shit you were doing. I don't mean crazy like irresponsible. I mean trying things. I mean showing up in a big way. I mean all the things that I'm teaching you to do. I hope I'm not teaching you to be irresponsible and to be making bad decisions. That's not what I'm suggesting. Is that you just try whatever and see if it sticks? No, if you know if you worked with me, we're very precise. We're getting at the story. We're figuring out the strategy. We're helping you tune in and and um, tune up your communication and and get this shit right. But when I ask you to let the jury play with this or shut shut a particular jury da- juror down or trust them or uh, tell a story tell, uh, in a big way, use some props, you're like. Uh-uh. I don't know, I don't know if I can do that. And I know that you can, you know that you can. This isn't about whether you can or cannot. This is about willingness. Are you willing to go out there and fight? Not play it safe, not be careful, but fight and risk. Everything you've got sometimes in some cases. That's what this work demands. That's why so many of you are unhappy. I got to tell you right now, because you are put in a game that has unfair rules that you're trying to still follow by the rules. You get what I'm saying? This game is stacked against you and yet you're still playing as though it's fair. I'm not saying you should cheat. That is not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is you got to use everything in your arsenal And be big and bring it because the very fact that it's stacked against you, that requires that of you. Yes, some people have gone down the cheating route, the lying route, the manipulating route. And that's why, frankly, we all have a bad name in this business, right? It's because, and I get it. I get why those people have done it and why they have, I mean, I don't like that they've tarnished our name. But I get because the pressure is immense. The pressure is immense and you are behind the starting line and you are treated unfairly. And and this is a shit show, okay, (laughs) on many levels. But the answer is not, you don't just have the two choices. We'll cheat, manipulate, steal, you know, persuade, do all that bullshit or play it safe, careful, you know, make sure I don't get into trouble. Those aren't your only two options, Your other option is to give it everything you fucking got. Show up in a big way. Risk your ego. Try new things. Be amazingly big and bold and awesome and connect. And let go of your mental bullshit that has got you so scared. Haven't you had enough? I have. I have. Not because I'm sick and tired of y'all. Because I see how amazing you are. And I see your greatness and your brilliance. And I see you tucking it away and packing it away and pushing yourself into a box and telling yourself and me, you can't do it. Fuck, that just pisses me off. Because you guys are amazing and you have big work to do. Are you willing to do it? That's the question. Are you willing to step in a, up in a big way? I'm here to help. I know this is easy for me to say. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the one out there doing it. But I also know, even though I'm not the one out there doing it, it needs to be done, doesn't change the fact that the defense has won when they've got you scared. You've got to fix that shit. You've got to turn that around. I was just working, uh, working. I just had a phone call with an attorney who was like, I don't know, should I come out to the studio? uh, I don't know. Can you connect me with an attorney? Um, who's been, so I can decide if it's right for me, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. Let me talk to another attorney about their experience to see if this experience is right for me. Um, which of course I called him on it and we had a, a nice laugh and he's wonderful and he's totally coming out. Um, and I can't wait to meet him in person. But one of the things he asked me is he said, so what's your, what's your advice? For, for, for an attorney, I just loved your book, but you're for an attorney trying to reverse their fear. And I said, you know, and it was e- could have been easily, well, read this part in the book or listen to this podcast or go get counseling. And I said, trust your gut. Trust your gut. You know, there's times in trial, I'm speaking to you now, podcast people, not my, my phone call. But you know, there's times in trial where there's something that you're just dying to do and you just back down. Trust your gut. Go for it. I mean, the worst that can happen, as Brooke Castillo says, is a feeling. You go, that's not the worst that can happen. Sorry. I I could lose the trial and my my clients get nothing. And you know what? And that still just produces a feeling. It's going to be a fucking shitty feeling. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a feeling. It's still just a feeling that you guys don't want to have to live with or deal with. And that's really what you have to get used to. That's the, that's the biggest outcome here is that you're going to have to feel like shit. Are you willing to feel like shit to take your power back? Because I'll tell you that the feeling like shit is going to be less and less as you gain more and more and stand in your power, regardless of what the outcome is. You're going to be a lot happier trial attorney when you start standing up for yourself and what's right and taking back this power that the defense attorney has stolen from you and really stand there and know that you are on the side that's right and that you have had enough. All right, go out there and do all sorts of irresponsible things. No, don't do irresponsible things. Do good things in power from your gut and know you've got this. I'm standing right here with you. I am, I am, I am. And and hopefully helping you realize the biggest, baddest version of yourself. Have a great week, my friends.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sari Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.